Hey, this is John Oliva, and you are tuned in to Focus on Metal, so focus deeply. Hey, Metalhead, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to episode 580 of that which we call Focus on Metal. So remember that number 580, we'll get back to that in a little bit, but before we get into anything else, I just want to cover a few pretty important things. So first off, if you don't know, our buddy Brian Heaton, who is a longtime Focus on Metal contributor, is uh, preparing to put out his second book on Queensryche. It is called Roads to Madness. It's the touring history of Queensryche, and it's due out in the spring. But the reason I'm telling you about it now is you have an opportunity to pre-order it way ahead of time. There's three different versions of it available, and just like his prior book, Building an Empire, the story of Queensryche, you can head up to NW Metalworks Music, and that's uh, Metalworks as in W O R X Music. So, nwmetalworksmusic.com. And when you get up there, you can see uh, in the left hand pane books by NW Metalworks Music. And at the top of that, you'll see pre order links for Roads to Madness. And hey, while you're there, another cool book that is available up there for pre-order right now. Not to take away from Brian, because Brian's stuff is pretty damn awesome, but there is also a book up there available for pre-order called Beyond the Black, The Story of Metal Church. So another Pacific Northwest band uh, book up there. And of course, that is what NW stands for, is for the Pacific Northwest. So again, head up to NW Metalworks music.com and uh, again go to the books check that out and be sure to pre-order Brian's brand new book on the touring history of Queensryche and having said all that when I do the show notes for this episode I will attempt to remember to put a link on the show notes up at focusonmetalpod.com That'll make it a hell of a lot easier. Just go up there. You can click the link. It'll take you right over to nwmetalworksmusic.com, assuming I remember to do it. And yeah, just as I just mentioned it, we do actually have a website. And every episode that I have put up on the server, which is hundreds of them, it's not all 580, but there's quite a shitload of them up there. You can go to, like I said, focusonmetalpod.com and uh, peruse at your will. Obviously, the newest episodes, they're just right there under the latest news. And we're hoping to have Brian on at some point in the next few weeks. Richie's trying to set that up with him right now to go through all about the book and what's going on and and all that good stuff. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to get that together as well because uh, Brian is super busy and uh, it is tough to get him on. That's why even though he's been a longtime contributor to Focus on Metal, behind the scenes, he hasn't been on the air much because he is uh, one incredibly busy dude, mostly because he's constantly writing more books on Queensryche. And the other bit of business I just wanted to mention as well is that uh, this year is uh, 
or I should say next year, right, 2024, Girl School is slated to uh, do, I think, their final U.S. tour. And there's only a, a few dates they're doing, but they're doing it with Lillian Axe and with Alcatraz. And it's mostly small clubs and theaters. So uh, that's something you may want to check out. They are actually appearing at the uh, the Paradise in Boston, which is the first place I saw them back in uh, 81, 82, uh, the lock up your sons tour that they did and uh so they're they're back there again at the paradise which i don't know if they deliberately did that or not but that tour kicks off march 21st in houston and goes all the way through until april 6th in uh, detroit so again not a ton of dates but you can go uh Google that up, check it out. I think Blabbermouth might have a little thing on there as well, but definitely go out and support them as well. They're a legendary band. I mean, if they were good enough for Lemmy, God damn it, they have to be good enough for you. But also, great support acts as well with Alcatraz out there, new album that was out earlier this year, great album. And then Lillian Axe, who is just doing all kinds of dates, putting stuff out left and right, being incredibly active. It's almost like they're just like exploding again, which is very cool. So again, go check that out. See Girl School. I mean, you hardly ever get to see that band here in the U.S., but then also you get to see uh, former Focus on Metal guest Joe Stump along with his band Alcatraz out there and guy I am constantly going back and forth with likes to give me shit about not getting an album before he gets the album Wayne Stokely on drums for Lillian Axe another great band to go out there and see so there you go a little bit of business right up front once again head to nwmetalworksmusic.com pre-order my buddy Brian Heaton's book on the touring history of Queensryche and go out there and snag some of those tickets to go see Girl School Alcatraz and Lillian Axe out there for an incredibly short tour in the spring of next year, but well worth your metal dollar. And speaking of well worth your metal dollar, let's get into uh, this week's episode. And why is it well worth your metal dollar? Because it's fucking free. So it's got to be worth it, right? But beyond that, this week, very interesting episode. I honestly, and I might even say it in the uh, segment as well, I honestly never thought this would ever happen again, but but it did. It's very cool, and that is that uh, this week I am welcoming back one of the Focus on Metal co-founders, my buddy, former bandmate as well, Jay Dumont. Jay's actually at a point in his life where he's able to, uh, you know, maybe hop back in and do a little bit more with Focus on Metal, so, uh, you know... Took a few weeks back and forth to get everything, you know, scheduled in and all that good shit. But uh, yeah, so this week the uh, the reappearance of Jay and when I said you know remember the number, this is episode five eighty. And if you take that and then you add in all of the unnumbered episodes we did during COVID, you know we're we're pushing probably five ninety five ninety five, might even be closer to six hundred episodes. And uh, Jay has not been on the airwaves with us since episode 98. So that is a long fucking time ago. And no, in case you're asking, I'm going to state the unsaid, which is that Richie's not going anywhere. Uh, Richie still is my co-host for the show. It's just I have an opportunity to uh, bring somebody else back this week and maybe come back every so often in the future as well, bolster things up. This may be an opportunity to get to back to a more weekly schedule and you know part of that 
kind of weekly-ish schedule now has been the fact that Richie's got a lot going on, I've got a lot going on, and uh, it just it just isn't conducive to that weekly schedule we were doing before. But yeah, you know, even in the band, Jay had a habit of being able to kind of push me to do shit, and uh, you know, he might be doing that again. So uh, yeah, I have a good feeling you're probably going to hear from Jay some more in the future. But yeah, I, I was. Uh, you know, like I said, I teased it a few weeks back that uh, you'd be hearing from somebody you haven't heard in a long time, and, and that's who it is. It's Jay. I mean, hell, who knows? Maybe two months from now, I'll get Dario back on. It'll be like the whole freaking gang's back. But anyways, this week, happy to have Jay back. Haven't talked to him. Actually, literally have not talked to him in probably over a decade. So uh, even this whole thing is crazy. And we thought that, you know, here it is. It's the holiday season. Let's not do something so intense for a discussion. So this is kind of more of the old school, kind of what we used to do back when we did uh, focus on classic metal in the early days of focus on metal, where we just pick a topic and we're just randomly shooting the shit. And in this case, we're both very ill-prepared for it. But again, we thought, you know what? Holiday season, let's just talk about metal christmas songs because why the fuck not so no huge philosophical metalhead breakthroughs here this is just uh two old metalheads just shooting the shit about just different metal christmas songs off the top of our head and referring back to some stuff and you will even experience if you weren't here back in the old days and you know 2010 2011 You'll get to experience Jay and I going into rabbit holes, which is what we used to always do as well. It's kind of like, this was pretty cool. It was like riding a bike. We just got on the phone together, although usually Jay used to come to my house and we would just do it live together. It was a little weird doing it over the phone, but again, it was like riding a bike that we just fell right into conversation. And uh, that old, you know, metalhead bandmate rapport that we had freaking ages ago. So with that, I'm going to uh, st- shut the hell up and run my chat with Jay all about metal Christmas songs. All right. The the unbelievable has happened here, listeners. You thought it would probably never happen. You haven't heard from this guy since, believe it or not, episode 98. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if we don't count all the special episodes between now and then, it's like 40, 480 some odd episodes ago. You would have heard no, from <laughs> one of the founders, Jay Dumont, back in the seat again this week and uh, happy to have him on board. I know I had kind of teased this a few weeks back that you might hear from somebody you haven't heard in a long time. And I didn't stipulate how long, but uh, that's how long it is. But uh, yeah. Welcome back, dude. Hey, thanks. You know what, though? After you just said that, I actually wonder how many listeners are going to hear this that actually remember me. So if you actually do remember me, send something to me or Scott. It'd be kind of funny (laughs) to hear that you actually do remember, because as we just discussed prior to starting the show, it's been probably close to 10 years. Yeah, it's been been quite a while. Yeah, I I actually, because of the whole website change and, and all of that, it took me a while to, to dig back the other night to kind of find out when your last show was. And, yeah, it was episode 98. What was that about again? Oh, crap. Nah, I don't even remember at this point. Uh, I mean, I can look through my files, too, because I have all those episodes, too, and I just don't have the memory of which one it was. Because as listeners may not know, sometimes we 
you know, you and I get together, we talk about a bunch of stuff, and mm -hmm. sometimes I can broke it down to different segments, you know, different, even different episodes. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, last time we were together, we probably talked about two or three different things. Who knows? Maybe even, maybe even more, you know, so. Right. But right. nonetheless, episode <laughs> 98, you said, is the one, so. Yep. That's when it was. So yeah, it's uh, and yeah, you're right. I, I think I think I had some audio that was kind of built up, uh, because when I look at the episodes, I was doing some with a lot of interviews, and then I was throwing in like a leftover scrap metal and a few other things, and 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 then putting in some of your segments. So so yeah, I think between the last time we actually were in the same room with each other versus when the last episode was, you're right. There would, would have been a delta there, but that's just yeah, that's how the shit was working back then. Yep, definitely. Cool. So, you know, one of the reasons trying to get you on the line in December was you had an idea that initially I kind of blew off. And then afterwards, I then went and saw Trans-Siberian Orchestra and thought, wait a minute, I'm kind of being a little hypocritical that Jay talked about wanting to maybe do something with some metal Christmas songs. And I kind of dismissed the whole damn idea. Then I go watch a metal Christmas band. So uh, <laughs> then I thought more about it and thought, you know what? good little episode to try to do during the holiday season and, and why the fuck not. And uh, so that's, that's what we're doing this week is we're going to just dive into some of the, uh, the metal Christmas stuff. Well, I don't know where to begin. Cause quite honestly, even though I threw it out there to you, mm -hmm. you know, um, I, I made a mixed metal CD back around 2009 or so, you mm -hmm. know, uh, back then we were doing a CD every year, uh, for families, you know, just around Christmas time is putting stuff together, all Christmas related. In 2009, it was a bunch of heavy metal stuff. And I kind of haven't listened to it much over the years because, you know, it just wasn't traditional enough to listen to. But that being said, you know, there's a million songs out there. And doing even a little bit of research for this show, I couldn't even, uh, I couldn't believe what what's come out since. And, um, you know, and it's just, it's, it's good. It's a good topic. I think. I think we can probably go back and forth a bit. But being honest, I feel like uh, I don't have a whole lot here. You know, I have mm. what I remember from days past and a few things that have crept in over the years. But let's just see where it goes. Yeah, and it was interesting because yeah, you know, like I said, originally you know dismissed it and then thought about it some more. And you know, the the first one that I think usually comes to mind for most people that are metal fans is obviously TSO, you know, whether they know about the origination with Sabotage or whatever, that seems to be the one that's, you know, present every single year, and uh, it's something you can go and see and all of that, so, and that was kind of, the, you know, the first one that would pop into my head, but then I forgot, I went back, I looked at the tracks on your 2009 album, and I had totally okay. forgotten about the entire Ho Ho Hoey series, which is oh, kind of God. embarrassing, because, you know, Gary is... You know, I'm in Lowell. Gary's right next door in, in Drake. It. Um, yeah. Those were. He's right here. Those were fantastic albums, and and I think, you know, when I think about wanting to have like a metal Christmas song, I I wanted to have some some crunch, some bite, some of that kind of you know some heaviness maybe to it, and mm -hmm. not just like, uh, you know, a metal band or a metal performer just like rehashing a stylized version of a traditional song and i think that you know gary kind of added the kind of the hard rock and and crunch and stuff with all those ho ho hoey ones i think so as well matter of fact he, that was one of the first um you know other than sabotage yeah. uh going right into something else was heavier 
Gary Ho, I mean, I've had those three Ho 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 CDs for, you know, for years and years at this point. As a matter of fact, as you, as you can see there, they, I use those tracks a lot between the heavier songs. I'll do a couple of heavier songs, like, you know, Dawkins or ACDC or something, and then throw a couple of Gary Hoey tracks in, and then, you know, heavier again, and then a couple of Hoey tracks. I thought it broke up the CD rather well, but overall, I mean, Gary Hoey CDs uh, stand up on their own. You yeah. know, it's full albums. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely do. And, uh, of course, I don't have mine to go back to because, you know, my ex-wife owns them now. But, uh, oh, no. <laughs> but it was it was good to be like, oh, yeah, that's right, you know, those ones. So, yeah, I think th- that was one of the things that, you know, even, you know, having Christmas at the house that we've, we had people over, you were going to hear those songs. It was like, screw it, it's my house, you're hearing this stuff. Um, yep. As opposed to, you know, the Frost to the Snowman soundtrack or something like that. So, yeah, I was glad you reminded me of those ones because that's definitely, I think, something that's, you know, another one that's out there, a different element from, like, the TSO stuff. Well, you know, here's the funny thing. So anybody listening to this podcast, you mentioned a little earlier, people don't know the TSO origins were from Sabotage. I mean, I can't believe anybody would bother with this podcast that wouldn't already know that information. But on the off chance that they don't, you know, obviously they should go check out... uh, um, TSO's Dead Winter Dead, and then, I was sorry, not TSO, Sabotage, <laughs> Dead Winter Dead, exactly, right? And then go listen to TSO. I mean, it's it's identical music, and it's fantastic, and, you know, it's pretty much, uh, you can listen to one, listen to the other, I think. So, anyway, good listen, Sabotage, um, Dead Winter Dead, you know, uh, Christmas Eve Sarajevo was on that album. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, it's funny, though, because, like, even just going into the show last week or the week, whatever it was, two or three weeks ago, right after Thanksgiving. Um, and we're sitting there and there was a guy behind us and he was telling, I don't know if he was on a first date or whatever, but he had like everything freaking wrong about the band, the origin, all that. <laughs> and my girlfriend just looked over at me and she could see it in my face and she's just like, don't do it. Don't do yeah. it. <laughs> didn't you it was like oh, i know i actually i was like oh, i'm gonna be good but oh <laughs> although she, she did say at some point she's like if he doesn't shut up when they actually come on then go ahead <laughs> and he was talking um and you wouldn't believe like he he was telling her oh yeah you know this i think they have like i don't know it's like 10 or 12 different tso bands that travel around the country they're all over the place and like it's like this Wait, too. I thought it was fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> it was like holy well, shit. The, I mean, I haven't fallen in the bit. They still like the east and the west. Right? East and the west, like always. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah, it's yeah. just. And they've done. They've done. I think a couple of off-season tours of Europe where they've done okay. some other stuff as well. But it, yeah, it's the east and west all the time, and we're spoiled with the east because you have. Most of the guys from Sabotage, you still got Jeff played in there. You still have Chris Caffrey in there for for a while. You had John Oliver in there. It was you had a lot of the the Sabotage guys, which was great. Hate to to actually say it, but to some degree, it's like a tribute band to itself in some ways. You know, Um, you know, only a couple of original guys that did the music, and everybody else is just they keep cycling different people through. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's weird too because the last couple of years they've had Zach Stevens back. Oh yeah, no kidding. Well, hey, you know, rumor, I guess we're going to digress here a little bit, but rumor has it that um, Sabotage is going to release another album in the next upcoming year or so. So I don't know if you've been following that at all, but um, there's been uh, some chatter about that. Hmm. Interesting. I'll have to hit up Mr. Oliva and see if he's, 
yep. is involved or knows anything about it. Well, I saw a quote on him somewhere. I forget what site it was. He said he had like, th- you know, enough for three albums. He, I think he went on and said enough music for three albums. But, um, you know, you know how that goes. You know, they can talk about what they have. And I'm sure they do have a ton. It's a matter of getting it getting it recorded and getting it out there. Yeah, yeah. I definitely, the only thing, every time I talk to John, the, the one thing he always brings around is he wants my Charvel. Because it's basically, because <laughs> he knows I've got one that looks just like Chris's. And he's like, yeah. and he wants that damn funny. guitar. <laughs> I've seen I've seen you know pictures of that guitar and every time I see it I think I think of your guitar so yeah yeah and so he knows I've got that and he's yeah he wants it so mm-hmm. but uh, yeah you know it's and it's interesting so I think on there too the one I totally spaced out on and I love the song actually is the ACDC one Mistress for Christmas which is like so ACDC and and yet it's it's kind of just got the satirical thing about Christmas in it as well. But you know they don't deviate from their style or anything, and that's a that's a great little like hard rock Christmas song too. You know, I think that's one of the first like metal Christmas songs I think I remember like really hearing that was kind of an offshoot of a you know a, a, an act ACDC being an act, not just a band that does Christmas music or something else, and actually made their own lyrics, made made a song out of it, a new brand new song, nothing. You know, no traditional song that they just rehashed, and I thought that was great. So that actually brings up a point. Um, you know, you have these bands out there that either do one of two things: either create their own music, create their own song, or rehash something that's already been done with you know their name on it. <laughs> or if you've listened to the Twisted Sister album, uh, take old, <laughs> you know, take you're laughing because you have take traditional lyrics and put it to their their music, their actual literal like you know straight out of uh, uh, Stay Hungry album, you know music and, and just retrofit the Christmas lyrics on top of it. So yeah, and, um, and D. Snyder's openly admitted that. that he stole "Come All You Faithful" to turn oh, that please. into that song. So of course he has. <laughs> it was, it's funny. I, mean, I, was, I listen to that album and I, I laugh. You know, it's a good. Um, it's funny, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but he did do one. He he did put out. Speaking of D. Snyder, he did put out a. I can't call it an album. It's more he did a Christmas single with Lizzie Hale last year for uh, Record Store Day Black Friday. So they did one original song, Magic of Christmas Day. Um, D wrote it, and it's got uh, Brian Tishy on drums. Jeff Pilson plays almost everything that nobody else plays. And, uh, yeah, and, and it's basically there's one side is the whole song and the other one's the instrumental version. And that's the whole oh, deal. Cool. But he did, you know, he did, they did put out a, he put out a brand new original Christmas one last year. Well, I haven't heard it. Um, you know, obviously as I've been digging a little bit, there's a whole bunch I haven't heard. Uh, and, um, I, you just can't keep up, you know, there's so much music yeah. and like, for example, here's one that could kind of threw me. I didn't realize that Boston, the band Boston did uh, God Rest Ye uh, Metal Gentleman, they called it, back in, in 2013. And um, I, I, can't, I can't believe it, because I'm I, you know, such a huge Boston fan. That one just slipped through the cracks, and I gave it a quick listen on YouTube. It actually was super good. Was that, you know, must have had uh, Michael Sweet involved in it at that point, I'm thinking? Uh, honestly, I don't know. I just literally found it like 10 minutes before, before you and I got on the phone here, hmm. so... Yeah, yeah. So it's, I, I don't know much about it other than I saw it. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was bullshit, and I looked it up really quick because you know, you know, you can't trust everything you see there. And I wanted to cross-reference it with a couple of sources, and I did. And and lo and behold, matter of fact, if it came out when I think it did, it's just ten years old, like a day or two ago. So, hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. So that doesn't really matter, but it is ten years old. So um, I'm going to give it a give it a listen after after this episode and after we're done off the phone here, and I'll probably try to see if I can hunt it down and get it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, just because I was a huge Boston fan, and, and you know, it's uh, good to have those extra songs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, so one of the ones that's kind of a elephant in the room is Halford Three. Hey everybody, this is Rob Halford wishing you all a crazy heavy metal Christmas and an insane, wild, manic New Year. Which is, you know, was Rob Halford's Christmas album. So, I mean, the one thing was, why the hell did you call your Christmas album Halford 3? Like, anything but that would have been better. But uh, that's one of the ones where, you know, you've got a couple of stuff that's new from him and then the rest of it is all him just doing traditional stuff, which is like, ah, damn it, I, you know... I would have liked to have more just all like heavy Halford stuff and and do it that way. So, yeah. so it's funny you mention that because that's one of the ones I recently discovered I didn't know existed. So mm. I heard the song "We Three Kings" and quite honestly, I thought it was pretty good. Um, but I don't know the rest of it. So um, the rest of the album that is. So yeah. I haven't got to hear the whole thing. But isolated that one particular track, I didn't mind it. That was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you know, Rob does like. He's got to still get a great voice, and he, you know, he does good on all this stuff. I just, for me, it was the whole idea of why the hell did you call it Halford Three? It was like you could have done any because then that would it would kind of lead to the progression of what you had done with things like Crucible and stuff, and and so you throw that one in, and it's like nope, it's just a hundred percent Christmas stuff. It could have been like any other title, but that I don't know. It's just my it's my nit to pick with that album. Yeah, I don't know what goes on in, in artists' minds these days, especially the older ones that we've loved over the years, you know, since the 80s. Um, I, I, I don't know. They're just bored and try to put stuff together, or other people hit them up with projects, because as you know, it doesn't take or cost much to to um, go in a studio, and, you know, and, and make music these days. I mean, you can make a studio at home, you know, yeah. and... Uh, I hate to say it. I know it's not cheap, but it's not like it was. You know, you can you can sit around and noodle and do your thing and not cost anything but your own time. Yeah, yeah, and and, and all the elements, you know, to do it, they've they have vastly come down in price as well. Just for just as far as interfaces and thing, you know, software and and even the quality of it for the price is is pretty damn incredible over the last you know ten years. I don't disagree. Last I last I saw, Cakewalk was uh, was a free download or something. Of course, the plugins cost money. You know, mm-hmm. the ones you don't really want, but you know, the ability to have those track by track recordings and you, know, you throw some money into it. Let's say you throw even a couple of grand into it. I mean, that's not terrible when you have a home studio when it comes right down to it. You know, so. Yeah. But uh, who knows? It could probably costs more. It depends what you're trying to get, but. Yeah. You know, I'm saying anybody can have a home studio. I mean, let's put it this way. You and I grew up listening to literally bands putting a tape recorder in the room and hitting record while they made a demo, mm-hmm. you know, while they played as a band. So you and I come from that total shit quality. Uh, and we listen to those, C- those CDs, yeah, those tapes over and over and over again. So pretty much anything you can do at home these days is a gazillion times better quality-wise than what we grew up listening to. Yeah, well, I mean, think about it. All the... When we were rehearsing in my basement, I mean, the number of times that, you know, you could put a boombox on the other side of the basement and it had enough compression on it, we could be blazing away and the microphone would actually do a pretty damn good job of capturing it, Mm -hmm. which was insane. 
Well, I remember we would do some of that stuff, you know. Um, I don't remember. Was that how even Welcome, the song Welcome that we had, that, that, did that come along that way? Or was that did. a live performance? Okay, that was from that. All right. right. Yeah, I remember doing stuff like that, you know, with you. Of course, we're going back in the 90s now, so that's, you know, more than two years ago. Um, so it's hard to remember. <laughs> 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 yeah, I would say check check out that Halford one. I mean, I, again, it's a yep. hit for me because, you know, it's Halford 3 Winter Songs. We just should have just called it Halford Winter Songs and just and then just moved on. But yeah. Well, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the YouTube uh in the face of it right now. So, yeah, I'll I'll save that and I'll take a look at it. And actually underneath it um is uh I have to have to bring this one up the Ramones. Um <laughs> Merry Christmas, don't want to fight tonight. I realize <laughs> it's not quite metal metal, but you know, it's a harder rock, heavier edge yeah. song out there that I'm sure a lot of people know, you know, so it's a good one. Yeah, didn't I, I wanna say didn't King Diamond did do one called like yes, No Presents yes, for yep. Christmas or something. Yep, yep. I, yeah, he did. It actually didn't it didn't make the cut on that uh, the C D I made in two thousand nine because it was just too much. It was, <laughs> I figured nobody in my family would even listen to that. At least the other songs had some hope. You know, um, I had Spinal Tap on there, uh, Christmas with the Devil, and overall I tried to pick songs on that CD that I made, you know, that were heavy, but not something that was over the top, you know, vocally. And that one, the King Diamond one, uh, No Presents for Christmas, was just a little much, but I love the song. Yeah, I, th I thought I remembered that he did one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's a whole there's a metal album out there. I'm actually trying to find it. It's called um, "We Wish You a Metal Christmas," and you probably heard of it. It came out around 2008, it looks like, and it's a whole bunch of different artists. Jeff Scott Soto's in there, Bruce Kulick, Bob Kulick. I mean, Joel and Turner, Scott Ian, Chuck Billy. I mean, right down the line, you have to go look it up on like you know wherever Wikipedia or something. Hmm. And it's pretty much just you know throwing musicians in, in the studio and doing a lot of the traditional songs just with these guys, you know, whole, but Tommy Shaw's in there. Um, so is this one of those, like, those compilation things that, that yep. Bob Kulik used to do? He would, like, get know. a band and bring people in? No? Well, I'm not sure if he's the main guy in this, because as I'm looking at every, every, there's 12 tracks and then full bonus, so I'm not sure, you know, yeah, actually, producer was Bob Kulik, you're right, so Bob Kulik and Brett uh, Chasen. Okay. So, yeah, so uh, it looks like, um, you know, just brought in a bunch of musicians and some did soundtracks, some did other tracks, and away you go. And it was kind of, it was kind of cool, too. They did something like that. I remember for Ace Freely at one point, um, a lot of Ace Freely songs. I what it was called. It was a, a compilation CD. A bunch of artists got together and did song after song. Right. I'll have to look it up later, but yeah. um, at any rate, yeah, so this, no, that's out there, too, and I remember listening to it at one point years back, and it, it was okay, you know, um, I liked it. Hmm. So you say, was it, so it was, it was it Bob, and was it Greg Chason who was doing it? Uh, Brett. Oh, Brett, okay. Brett uh, Chason, yeah. Oh. So it's called, it's called We Wish, uh, We Wish You a Metal Christmas, and um, it's, uh, or 2008, it looks like it was released. All right. Well, I might, maybe I have that one kicking around. I don't know. Was Lemmy on there, too? Lemmy um, seems to pop up on the Bob Kulik stuff. Yeah, Lemmy's on there. He's on He's on the Run Run Rudolph Lala, track. Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. That's the one. Yep. He could be on more, too, but I just definitely see he's on that one. So. Yeah. There's actually, there's video out there of Lemmy doing that one, and it's classic Lemmy. Mm -hmm. Joff Tate's on one of them. Um, uh, Tim Owen, Tim Ripper Owens is on there. Chuck Billy, uh, Stephen Piercy. I mean, you know, it's it's just one after the other from yeah. back in the day, kind of thing. 
Yeah, I think those those ones are pretty cool. Bob used to do a good job of, of getting people and, and pushing them a little bit and, and coming out with stuff. So that's, yeah, mm-hmm. good for him. Yeah, it just, I don't know. It's, I, like I said, when you, know, when you initially brought it up, I was just thinking, ah, it's like freaking metal Christmas songs. Because <laughs> the first thing you have is this visceral response of like, Christmas is just not metal. This is very unmetal. Actually, you you are right. Uh, you know, I think traditionally Christmas is a little softer. It's a time to re- reflect in, you know, whatever music interests you have. And we all have the traditional stuff that we grew up with, you know, however old you are, but the stuff right from the 40s, 50s, and 60s that are just ingrained in our minds forever, mm-hmm. the 70s for that matter, you know, and um, a lot of newer a lot of newer songs are out there too, but you're right, the, the heavy metal stuff really never made the airwaves. Yeah. You know, you I mean, heavy metal never made the airways really <laughs> anyway, you know, so so it's a whole different uh, arena, of, you know, for people to, to look at. But, I mean, the ones I have right here, and I'm going to just read them off um, and, you know, maybe pick one that you want to talk about. So um, I have Steve Morris, Joy to the World. I have uh, Dawkin, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I have a story about that one, by the way. All right, well, we can we'll, we'll get back to that one then. Yeah, yeah, of course, you, you're a huge Dawkin fan, so um, here's one, uh, Billy Idol yelling at the Christmas tree, and one, I don't even know this band, it's, it's uh, It Dies Today is the name of the band, and they did Feliz Navidad, and let me tell you, it was, uh, it, it's probably one of my favorite versions of that song, I love that song, and I love many versions of it, but it was just funny, because it was so fast, and it was just, it was funny. Um, I have a Ted Nugent deck the halls, a Twisted Sister Come All Ye Faithful. Alice Cooper, Santa Claus, C-L-A-W-S, is coming to town. Spinal Tap, Christmas with the Devil. Um, the Grease, uh, Merry Jingle. Uh, Twisted Sister, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. And a whole bunch of Gary Holy ones. And those are the ones I have on that Christmas CD that stand out. Mm. Uh, of course, doing even more, as you mentioned, uh, King Diamond, No Presents for Christmas. I mean, just right down the line, this is all new stuff that I'm don't yeah. even have or not familiar with or whatever, but um, that, that Dawkin one, um, my son recently watched, uh, what was it, uh, the Dream Warriors um, Halloween, uh, so that was uh, Nightmare Before, no, sorry, I'm sorry, Night, uh, Elm Street, yep. the Dream Warriors, right? Yep. So that was uh, the third one, correct, right? So he, Drake, Drake's my son, he knows the song, uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town by Dawkin. He knows that song. He didn't know the Dream Warriors song. So he's watching the movie, and all of a sudden Dream Warriors comes on at the end of the movie. And he's like, I know that song. And he actually sent me a text out of nowhere and, say, and said, did, did Dawkin do a song? I was like, yeah, but it's exactly a song. He copied the music and just kind of you know, twisted a little bit. So, But he made the connection just from the guitar sound and just knowing that about the, the Christmas song, he made the connection, you know. Yeah. Recently, so he's in his twenties, but oh, that's a good catch, though. That's yeah. That's well, definitely. Drake's very big in the music. He likes stuff from the nineteen hundreds right to today. You know, he's. Uh, I raised a kid that. I mean, he just his ears are on everything. So yeah. I, I did have to laugh because I was looking at the compilation, 
And then below it, I think the last comment on the page was from Drake. It said something like, last one ever or something like that. I had to look at it yep. and I laughed. Yeah, but actually, uh, so, all right, so people don't, don't know this. I, we made 12 CDs. We used to go away every year um, to Pennsylvania. We'd, make a, we'd come home and we'd just kind of be reflecting on the, the mood. And we'd you know, kind of make a CD uh, every year. And every year we put the sand, we got a picture of Santa Claus in Pennsylvania, this one particular place. So every year we put him on the cover with our, with our son, my son, and um, made a CD for the family. First year was traditional Christmas, second year was um, New Age, and right down the line it was a theme for everyone. So 2009 was heavy metal. Um, but every year, as he got older, he would say, this is it, I'm not doing it again, whatever. So you're referring to the actual website. You're actually... Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> actually, right, so I have a website with the 12, uh, the, the 12 CDs that were made and some information about each each of the, the CDs. And um, because my son was young, you know, he... It was hard to understand what he was saying on some of the songs early on because the first track and the last track he said something, you know, to start the CD and end the CD. So when I put the text in in the um, website, which is what Scott read. But yes, uh, we did it in 2009, Scott. But the very last one was 2011. Mm. Um, and actually, I made one in 2018, but it uh, was kind of unrelated to um, you know to him growing up. So. Uh, there was one that's not documented, but anyway, so that was that little little digression there. But yeah, yeah, it, it's, yeah you know, it's funny. I, I was thinking tonight too, as as uh, was turning everything on and getting the studio fired up, and and I was, you know, I was just thinking like again what I said, you know, metal Christmas it doesn't go together. I'm thinking, you know, what, you wouldn't see freaking Venom like making a Christmas song. You know, even though they were fake Satanists, but still, it's like you still just you wouldn't you wouldn't do it. It's like it's not metal, and then and then it comes to mind like, didn't Merciful Fate do one? Like, or didn't King Diamond yep. do one? Or? Yeah, um, I'm trying to find it, but I know uh, Guar did one also um, back in around 2010. I'm trying to remember the name of the song. Um, it was on. Uh, what the hell was that album? The Something Pit album back in 2010. It was towards the end of the album. Oh, yeah, there it is. It was a Stripper Christmas Summer Weekend. It was back in 2010. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, it, it's just you listen to the album, and all of a sudden, boom, there's like this weird thing that's Christmas-related, but not really, you know? But it's Guar, so yeah. th- there's another funny one. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Guar. Yeah. Oh, Oh, here's one. You're going to love this one. So I came across, uh, of all things, Christopher Lee doing Little Drummer Boy. So, you know, that yeah. you know who he is, right? Yeah. <laughs> Guy's like a million years old. but Yeah, he uh, did like a whole, he did like two metal. <laughs> is it on one of his two metal albums? <laughs> well, I just came across it, so I don't know too much about it. But As far uh, as I know, he I put out two complete funny. metal albums, and I've I've actually been trying to get them on vinyl, just because it's just so odd that I, like, wanted them. Yeah, I mean, that is about as odd as you can get. You know, at first when I was looking at it, I thought maybe it was just a fan that, you know, fans can kind of rip stuff and do it and kind of splice it all together, and I thought that's what it was, but it doesn't seem to be the case. But even if even if it's true, <laughs> even if that's how it turned out, it was still pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, it was just weird that, you know, that those those came out, and, uh, yeah, they've been on my, my uh, yeah, they, what was one that he had? Yeah, he had the the heavy metal Christmas was one of them. Well, that's what I'm looking at actually right now, and the other one looks like it was called the Heavy Metal Christmas Two T O O. 
Yeah. So, so he's got like right. classic Christopher Lee on the first one. He's got like Jingle Hell is one, one of the songs on there. Um, yeah, Darkest Carols. And yeah, so he's got a couple I, I of them. Yeah, it's I weird. I would have never thought he had a, yeah, never thought he had a sense of humor like that. But, <laughs> you know, not because, not because of anything. I just don't know him. You know what I mean? So right. just when you see him in the movies, I don't really follow him as an actor or as a person or anything. I just see him and... You know, I know he has that fantastic deep voice, so it's just funny, you know? Yeah, 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 it's, it's bizarre, but... Eh. Focus. Yeah, again, I was like, I'm, I was kind of kicking myself at first, kind of like tossing this off, because like, ah, it's something good to shoot the shit about, and it's the... It's the season to do it, so why the hell not? You know, shooting the shit about it is one thing, and, and we could we could dig and dig and dig, and I could have come up with a list of probably you know a couple hundred. Uh, for example, um, so it looks like Thin Lizzy and Sex Pistols did one uh, called, but they put themselves as the Greedies, and this was on a um, uh, it was like a punk uh, CD, if I remember correctly. I have a mixed punk CD, uh, so that was pretty good too. A merry, it's called the Merry Jingle song. So you being a Thin Lizzy fan, and me too, for that matter, uh, might be worth uh, giving it a listen. Yeah, I, I totally forgot about that whole uh, whole deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then yeah, there's and then there's the um, and I know they re they re released it last year for I think on regular record store day. I was able to actually I think I snagged the only copy they had in Newbury Comics, but it was the 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 Motorhead uh, Christmas deal with the. Um, they're all in the Santa costumes on the cover. I don't know it, but yeah, if you grabbed it, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, it's like it's just it. a, it's a, it's basically it's a single. So it's got, uh, it's uh, it's Ace of Spades, but it's okay. the special limited edition Christmas edition. Yeah, and they're all they're all on the the cover of that. So it's got Ace of Spades, and I I know I'd have to dig it off my album, but I think it's got Run Run Rudolph on the other other side of it. But yeah, and I was psyched that they they released it. And uh, I was even more psyched that I, I think that, yeah, up in Pheasant Lane, I think they only had the one copy and I snagged the damn thing. So there was another um, series, uh, two two CDs, as I'm looking at my list of music I have. It's called Merry, Merry Axmas. That's A-X-E-M-A. right, there was. Yeah. Merry Axmas 2. So I got both of those sitting right here. Um, you know, uh, just to run down quickly, the guitarist... Uh, it's Kenny Wayne Shepherd, Eric Johnson, Jeff Beck, Brian Setzer, uh, Orchestra, Joe Satriani, Steve Moore, Steve Vai, Joe Perry, Alex Lifeson, Richie Sambora, and Hotai, Hotei, if I say his name, not sure. That was all on Murray Axman. Yeah, I totally forgot about those. Those are another one that the ex-wife now owns. Right. <laughs> you know, I'll have to rip your copies. Actually, I already have them all ripped. I'll just have to get you the MP3s, but you don't have them already. But, um... So Mary Axmas Volume Two is Steve Lukather, Neil Sean, Steve Stevens, Stu Ham, Trevor Rabin, Zach Wild, John Sykes, Robin Trower, Aldi Miola, and Ted Nugent. So, yeah, and those those are those are fairly old too, right? Aren't they like late nineties, yeah, early two thousands, maybe? Yeah. 97, 98, and again, you know, I mean, my life was a certain 
focused on certain things at certain times, so I haven't focused on that kind of music for a long time. So yeah. for all I know, it could be Murray Axmas 3, 4, and 5 sitting out there, you know, but those are the first two anyway. Yeah, there was a certain period of time when they were, you know, there was kind of a lot of respect in the publications for a lot of those guys and stuff, and so, yeah, mm -hmm. that took advantage of that whole time period. So, yeah, those were actually really, actually really good releases. I've totally freaking forgot about those. And here's a funny one, straight from a video game. So, um, the, uh, I think it was Call of Duty, the zombie maps, whatever, all those characters. Mm -hmm. They actually, back in 2010, made a very zombie Christmas, which looks like eight tracks, and um, it's uh, the contributing artist is Kings of Carnage, and it's the voice actors that were in the game. And I gotta be honest, I already I give it a spin every year. Mm -hmm. You know, I actually really like it. So, um, some you know, it's kind of head. Some stuff is heavy, and some stuff is just their vocals. You know, them being the, the characters in the game. But for those of that like that particular game, which I'm sure a lot of people did, that don't know about that, it's called A Very Zombie Christmas. Came out in 2010. And, you know, and I was thinking about it, and I actually told somebody this story the other day, too, but we used to be guilty of it live. Remember every so often we'd throw in the friggin' Peanuts Christmas theme? Uh, you know, I, I didn't, when I was in the band, we didn't do that. Um, I thought we did it when you were in, too, because it, no. was, it, was was it was during the Rick era, because we needed to have him, because he, he could do that bass part oh, really, wait, really oh well. Oh, my God. We did. <laughs> Holy shit. Because <laughs> right, I was telling somebody, it came on somewhere, and they were like, I think it might have been my girlfriend's sister. And they were, and she was like, oh, I, re I really like this. And I was like, you know, we used to just throw this in randomly in the middle of gigs. And people would be like, Holy crap. You know, I totally forgot we did that. It was actually <laughs> funny. I really wish, you know, I wish that we were out in a time where recording was like it is now. I mean, you can record off the board. You can do so much more now than, you know, even just even just videoing. You can video and get decent sound, whatever. So um, I kind of wish we still had that, but we don't. Yeah, no, it was pretty... I wish we had that for us, I mean, but we didn't, you know what I mean? So um, that, that's a... Uh, that's a bummer, you know. We don't have a lot of footage of us playing and doing that stuff. No, not much. Not much live recording. Very, yeah. I mean, because at that point too, I mean, most people for video stuff, it was, it was cameras that were half decent were pretty pricey. So we were lucky when we occasionally had somebody that that was there and had one. So yeah, very limited footage. So it kind of sucks. Well, it's actually, uh, I came across it my my memories today on Facebook. I think it was eleven years ago today. I made up made a video of uh, two shots, our, our video, you know, our yep. our band. All yep. it was was just me playing the MP3, which is pictures of the band, you mm. know, uh, over it. Nothing special, but it was just kind of funny. It shows up my time every now and then, so it's kind of funny. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's actually, um, I think one of the times I ran through. Uh, Ain't got the money. Played it for my girlfriend, and I think that was one of the songs she actually liked the most. Was two shots. I was like, really? She's like, yeah. This one's kind of got a little hook to it and all that. I was like, oh yeah. And just it's got a little bit of everything in there. A little metal, a little southern. Yeah, it's yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I was actually every now and then I give our album that we did a spin, you know. And uh, um, I just wish it was. I wish I could beef it up a little, little more. It's just I think the copy I have just isn't that that great. The MP3s, mm -hmm. but. You know, we, uh, it was pretty good. I just kind of wish we could go in and do it again, you know? <laughs> well, I do still have the DAT that we did, too. Oh, man. So, uh... I, you know, honestly, I haven't touched my guitar in forever, but that would give me a good reason to, uh, to get back into it. As a matter of fact, I've been threatening to do something with the home studio and, and getting back into it, 
you know, now that I have lots of free time in my hands, my son's out of the house, yada, yada, yada. Uh-huh. You know, he's been gone for a bit, but, um, you know, back to work, uh, doing software engineering again, and, you know, things are kind of settling in again, so looking towards projects, fun projects. All right, there you Case go, the Focus and Metal listeners. You never know. It could be the right. J and Scott Metal Express once again. <laughs> Case in point, here we are, right? So, well, yeah. I mean, Case in point, here we are, refocusing on things that were important to me at one point in my life, you know, and, and, and the show, uh, really enjoyed it, and I'm glad that, you know, I can contribute again and hopefully it can be an ongoing thing. But yeah. um, i got to be honest, this particular uh, episode with the Christmas metal songs, uh, probably, I can't say the least prepared I can be, but it's just, it's a scattershot. I mean, there's so much we can talk about, you know? Yeah, well, but you know what? This is, and I, I bring this up with a lot of the episodes where we just kind of have, like, random discussion, and it, and it is, it's, it's old school focus on metal, right? And it's the way that, that you and I used to do it with, uh, when we were doing, uh, you know, focus on classic metal and we'd have subjects and we'd ramble and we'd go down rabbit holes and, um, and it was, you know, there was less interviews and more of this and we're, we're going back to, to more discussions as well. I mean, the, the episode that came out over the weekend was all, all discussion and just a whole bunch of random, I think I called it like metal meta, mega metal grab bag too. So it was just like one topic after another. We just we just did. So yeah, you know, I'm gonna actually really backfill this whole thing and say my favorite episode I think we ever did was the um, the big four undercard. Uh huh. Remember we did the uh, the other four and we had a discussion of who you know if it wasn't for the big four what were the next four and, and I'm not going to get into it. Did that split it into? into I thought we did and that hadn't ended up being so long. We split it into two episodes. I thought. I think I think we might have because it was uh, it was quite the discussion. Yeah. You know, um, obviously, bands of the era were thrown in like Exodus and uh, um, Testament and Metal Church Overkill. They were you know they were they were in the mix for the conversation as well for the big four and we decided to split it east and west four and you know four from each and yeah it was, it was a good one but that was uh i think the fav- my favorite episode that we did so i went back in the vaults because that one is not on our rss feed it's currently not on focus on but that was actually episode 71 the big four undercards so one of the things i'm going to try to do since jay brought that one up is resurrect that put that back on our rss feed and make it available on the website so you can hear that whole entire conversation because yeah that actually was a pretty damn good episode and i want to say we may have done that one right around the time that there was the whole big four and sophia and all of that i I could be wrong but i think it's around that same time but again i did find the audio after talking to jay i have all the write-up stuff at that point in time in those episodes i wasn't doing the artwork and stuff but i will make an effort to get it on the rss feed and also available at focusonmetalpod.com yeah that was that was actually a good one uh d- definitely was it kind of goes back to some of the the roots of shit as well so it's uh yeah and and um you know we could probably do more of those in the in the future as well for any especially if anyone is still around from way the hell back in 2011 2012 when uh you know the years just kind of roll on and roll on and roll on here and i think i was becoming more aware of it recently <laughs> I'm looking, you know, back at some of the music I like and realizing it's pushing 50 years, you know, 40-something years or whatever, and 
you know, just how old I'm getting and, and not that I feel old or anything, but it is what it is. The number, the number is a number, you know, and, and, and watching all my favorite artists in their seventies and late sixties. And that's, you know, not very fun to see that and watch them stumbling around. Of course, bands retiring and, uh-huh. you know, well, pretending to retire, one of the two. Even Kiss, like, reinventing themselves every other day and saying they're retiring, but, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's always something going on like that. And unfortunately yep. for me, I don't. I, there's nothing really new and youthful coming out that, that I'm latching on to, and it's not that it's not there. I'm sure there's plenty of fantastic music. It's just I have so I have literally have thousands of records, you know, and albums and stuff that I love from the 80s and 90s and 70s, so... I mean, that alone, I mean, there's only so many hours in a day, you know? Yep. Oh, no, I, I, I definitely, I've gotten, I, I actually went back uh, earlier this year, I decided, like, I need to actually know what the fuck I actually have. So I did the Discogs account, and I painstakingly cataloged every CD, every video, all the vinyls, and to actually know you know, what I have, even to what version, what pressing, everything, so wow. that I, I actually know what the hell I have here. Um, because, yeah, there's so much that, in some cases, you know, Richie would come over to do a discussion, I'd hand him a CD, and he'd be like, what's this? I'm like, yeah, I already have it. I, I didn't even remember, and I bought it again. So I was like, yeah, I can well, stop you were, doing you were this. Getting, you were getting a lot of... Uh, um, pre-releases, you know, back last time you and I were doing the show, I mean, I go over your house and you have a stack of 10, 12 CDs that you, that weren't even out yet. Yeah, they you don't know, even, so, so now we get, that, that kind of filtered down a little bit after you left to almost exclusively distributing on um, just MP3 files. But now, in the last couple of years, what they've done is uh, with the pre-release, you don't even get to download it and listen to it. It's you can only stream it, and then mm-hmm. usually, like a week after it gets released, then they'll make it available so you could download it if you want to listen further and do more review. But it used to be nice that even with the with the download, I could download it, burn it, listen to it in the car, and you know, kind of get a little bit of a focus on it. But it's it's kind of a different experience if you're just sitting in front of a computer, just listening to something stream and the quality isn't the greatest. And it's like, this is just not a very conducive to, to being, a, you know, acceptance of what you're hearing with a, with a streaming like that. So um, it's kind of made it a little bit, a little bit more difficult, but yeah, most, most of it now is definitely not um, getting promo copies. It's been, yeah, it's been a while since I've actually got a promo CD. Either that or they're still going to the house and the ex-wife's just throwing them away. Yeah, could be so, that too. So, you know, you actually brought up a couple of things uh, um, there. One of them is, um, one of them could be a whole episode of how the music industry is now, uh, you know, a free-for-all because uh, record companies don't really, they're not the only means of getting stuff out there, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, that could be an entire, we could talk, as a matter of fact, I love to talk about that and how it's diluting the music and also bringing in good things that you wouldn't get because they wouldn't be, you know, signed artists. But, um, you know, that's one thing. The other thing is you and I come from an age and an era where we like to hear things in the car. We like it a certain format, you know, a certain media type. And people that are, I get, my son and I talk about this all the time. He, by the way, he loves albums. You know, he, 
he's kind of an old soul this way. He still likes the albums and likes touching media, but he's also of the youth where going, you know, just getting stuff off of Spotify and things like that, setting a playlist and not, you know, not really listening to an album for the sake of an album, yeah. you know, the first side, second side kind of thing. So, you know, you and I show in our age in a way where we prefer to be in the, the vehicle with the music, blasting however we'd like to listen to it or the headphones on you know but the media we need to have the media and not sit at a computer and stare at a screen yeah that doesn't work for me either it's not listening to music to me that's not even you know it's not that's that's not my preferred method yeah i yeah i think we can I, why don't we slate that in because i think that's definitely uh uh a pretty good discussion on on mm -hmm. all of that and it's definitely something that's i'm passionate about and uh and again, you know, I know from my kids kind of how they consume it. And I know how, you know, like my girlfriend's daughter consumes it or how my girlfriend consumes it or, you know, versus how we consume it. And so, yeah, I think that's definitely something we should slate in as a, as a uh, absolute must have discussion. Uh, no problem. I'll do it. Awesome. So for this one, do you think we got anything else to discuss with Christmas songs? Well, I guess not really. Um, you know, I guess what I could ask is kind of another rabbit hole, but you saw Trans-Siberian, and, mm -hmm. you know, originally when they first started coming around or whatever, I don't think they had um, the whole narration piece in it. And then when I went to see them, they had the first half of the concert was, you know, had narration and song, narration, song, and then, of course, the second part of the concert, the second half was just music. Yeah. So what I felt was when I saw them live, uh, and this was going back about six years ago, I think, maybe seven I totally, I was not engaged at all in the first act because you had someone talking between every every song, and um, you know then they play the song, and then and then of course the second set you get mesmerized by the light show and everyone running around and the big stage and everything else. I like that a lot better. But that all being said, Christmas Eve and other stories in the Christmas Attic way back actually had, if you could find it, the CDs that had the narration also. So it was the narration, the song, narration, song. It's probably more common now, but, you know, I got those way back in the day, too. So for those people that are out there that like the uh, the narratives also, um, let me see, I think it was uh, 1990, yeah, 96, the narrative version also came out for Christmas Eve and other stories. So, And the Christmas Attic has a narrative, too, and I'm pretty sure the, the um, Lost Christmas Eve also does. But uh, I definitely have the first two. Yeah, I mean, it is so. it is a good show. Um, I know when I first started taking my kids, it had, at that point, probably one of my favorite formats, which was that they would do the whole, like, Christmas story narration part. And you would see families there with, like, grandparents. And mm -hmm. I always remember seeing, like, these like little girls in like their red velvet Christmas dresses and all that. And of course my <laughs> girls were like, what the hell is that dad? But then it would see that they, they do the intermission, you know, Caffrey would come out and say, Hey, we're just taking a few minutes, whatever. And all those families would just get up and leave and then come back. Right. And then they come back in and they were doing kind of more of a free for all. They were doing high rock songs. They would throw some Christmas stuff in. It was, that was, I used, I love that format because it was kind of an anything goes second half and I didn't think that any of their presentations would beat that. But then I didn't go for a couple of years. And then uh, a couple of years ago, 
Nikki and I went and she was like, oh, this is pretty good. And, and we skipped, I think, a year or two. And then we went last year and she was like, holy shit. And I think, you know, we were pretty much like just like right up front, like basically front row and and just the amount of, of stuff they had added to the show and the fact that, you, you know, the whole thing blasted all the way through. So you had the, you know, had a little bit of the narration part again, but then mostly they were just going song after song after song. And then you think, well, they, they can't up it. We went this year and it was even more like intense. So we brought her daughter we brought one of her daughter's friends who's actually another like old soul. Like she's, she came over, she's looking through my albums and she's pulling out kiss albums. And like her favorite kiss song is, uh, is she so it's like she's like oh wow i love this song and she's pulling stuff out so she she was sitting there and i would just look over and as something would happen you'd see her eyes go like holy shit and you know seeing like all the pyro and all that stuff and Mm -hmm. and so to to have somebody that's you know 14 years old and and see get see them get absolutely blown away by the show they're seeing was like all right this is you know they're they're doing the right thing so it's it was, uh, you know, it was just insane. Again, we were then this year. We were last year. We were on Joel's side up front. This year, we we're on Chris's side right up front. So they, you know, able to get like pretty much up close views as well. But then they were really close for everything that was hanging overhead and everything. So I mean, it is a great show. It's and it's. Uh, I think a lot of people do make that part of their regular like holiday experience now too. Yeah, I know a lot of people that go see them every year when they come around, and you know, getting tickets is pretty hard. And when I saw them, I literally had on the side of the stage nosebleed seats, and it, it was nice to see down and see the whole stage. But it was also, you know, it wasn't front and center. You know, I, you know, like when I go see bands, oftentimes I, I photograph bands, so I'm with you know, granted they're all local kind of tribute acts or whatever, but still, I'm I'm with these bands, you know, and you front and center or with them or behind or backstage or whatever and it's really cool getting that aspect mm. of the performance and being up in nosebleeds for these national acts i don't know it doesn't yeah. work for me well they're, i mean they're one thing I, I what i'll say with them it's good i'll commend them on is that you know they do they do pre-sales for you know the fan club but mm-hmm. they do it in in a way where you you're allowed to register for the shows that you want to get a pre-sale ticket for and then they basically it's like putting your name in a hat and then they they'll still then you get a letter and go yep you were you were picked to to be able to get in the pre-sale for that show and so i've actually been lucky that every year um where i i usually i'll i'll do um i'll register for both the manchester shows and both the worcester shows with the intention is i really want to go to the worcester show um yeah, and I've been able to get them, yeah. you know, every year, which has been great mm-hmm. and, and gotten really good seats as well. So uh, and they're the only ones I know of that, that will kind of basically do that, do the pre-register. You know, you, you're going to get another notification that says, yep, you're good to go. Here's your code, and, you know, and all of that. And yeah, I've never seen anyone else do that. The other thing, too, is that they're they've always kept their ticket prices pretty decent. And they still consistently do that uh, tour program, you know, $10. So everybody could go home with a tour program um, kind of thing, too, which is, which is also commendable that, and that they can do all that and still pour so much freaking money into the show every year. It's, it's mm-hmm. pretty amazing. You know, I think that's kind of a lost art is being able to take something 
home from the show that's affordable. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, let's be real. You bring something home, I go visit you, and you have the tour program sitting there on the countertop, and I pick it up and see it. I'm going to go want to see the band, you know? So it's actually good promotion for them to let us buy their merchandise. You know, we're, we're actually the ones advertising by having it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It yeah. comes right down to it. When I have a, a TSO T-shirt and I'm walking around town with a TSO T-shirt, I'm advertising for the band. It shouldn't cost me $75 to get a T-shirt to advertise for them. So it is good if you can get merch that's, that's you know, reasonable. Yeah. Well, I mean, the suck part now is that, you know, a lot of bands, it isn't that they want to charge so much. It's that, you know, they're making almost all their revenue from touring and merch. Mm-hmm. But then the deals they have, especially the people that get stuck with a 360 deal, that they have to give part of their merch money back to the the labels. And I know a while back, actually, there was venues that were trying to actually get a cut of merch money, which is total bullshit. But that's, you know, so now they end up jacking up the price of a T-shirt because they're yep. now they're having to give a piece of that pie to people, too. And, and so, yep. you know, and in essence, everybody loses. Yeah, it's, that's the way it works around here, you know. I mean, I have the club casino here in Hampton, New Hampshire, and, I mean, some tickets are reasonable, some are not, you know, mm-hmm. and God forbid you want a beer. I mean, you might as well hit the loan <laughs> station while, you, while you're in there. $14 a friggin' crappy Bud Light or something, you know. I mean, it's ridiculous, so. Yep. Um, it's, the way, it's the way it is these days. Ah, uh, yes, the casino. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, as a matter of fact, Gary Howie just played there, I think, in, in November, November, early November sometimes. Yeah, I think he did. Was, or 10th, maybe, or something. Yeah. 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 He was right here. <laughs> All right. Well, well what do you say? Uh, it's, it's, been, it's been fucking great talking to you again and getting you back uh-huh. on the show, but let's, why don't we wrap this one up? All righty. Well, hey, uh, nice to be back, and uh, hope the listeners uh, appreciate the uh, you know, have me back, and, and I appreciate the fact that I am back for them, and let's, uh, let's see what happens here. Awesome. All right, dude, good to talk to you again. Yay. Bye. And there you go, my chat with Jay Dumont, all about metal Christmas music, which is kind of the most unmetal thing at this point I think I could talk about, but, uh, well, no, I could talk about Taylor Swift or some other bullshit. But anyways... Had a blast doing that with Jay. Uh, I'm sure you're going to hear from him again in the future. And I know he's eager to want to do some other stuff. And he's already been hitting me up since we recorded that audio with some ideas of things he wants as well. So, yeah, I, I, I think you'll probably hear from uh, from Jay again. And, uh, hey, nothing but good shit, right? And, again, head up to nwmetalworksmusic.com and pre-order the uh, brand new Touring History of Queensryche book from Brian. You can also order his prior one, Building an Empire. Also a great book. Lots of pictures in there of some great Queensryche memorabilia. And also up there, the aforementioned uh, Metal Church book. And I should mention, too, just browse around there because they do sell a lot of albums and stuff as well. And it might even be some releases that you can't find anywhere else that are up there. So again, nwmetalworksmusic.com. And as I mentioned earlier, I'll try to remember to put that up on the show notes with a clickable link at uh, focusonmetalpod.com. And also make sure go out there and try to get your tickets for the uh, Girl School Alcatraz and the Leonax Tour 
It's a short one. I think it's maybe only 11 or 12 dates, but check it out. And, uh, you know, if you've never seen Girl School before, you, you got to check it out. They put on a great show. I remember them putting that on back in uh, 81, 82. I can't remember exactly. I think it was 81. And I even have a bootleg of that show somewhere, uh, unless my ex-wife has it. Who knows? And before I get out of here, just uh, just a reminder, you know, you can follow us on Twitter at uh, Focus on Metal. Obviously, Richie's got the ever-growing Facebook population out there. A lot of people, he's doing an incredible job with that. So you can hit him up on there as well, which is all good stuff. And, you know, if you've got ideas or whatever, you got shit you like, you got shit you don't like, you can always hit us up at shout at focusonmetal.net. And uh, as as I mentioned a couple times in the show, we do have a website. We've had it for years. As a matter of fact, the original website was actually designed by Jay. And uh, this new one I did, probably not as good as the one he did, but uh, that you can find us either at focusonmetal.net. It'll redirect you over, or you can go right there at focusonmetalpod.com. See all of the episodes we've had over the last couple years, the Little Mountain Project, the Strange Highways Project, the Kerrang Project, all that stuff is up there as well. And I am probably going to try to work on getting some of the other stuff there as well, although I may not grow the entire RSS feed back out. But uh, it may be that as you look at some of these things that uh, you know you may say, hey, could I hear that episode? I'll go try to find it. I'll go try to post it up. And as, uh, you know, Jay had mentioned, he wants to try to maybe get back, help him with a little bit of the web stuff because that is what he does for a living. So maybe we may work out some kind of a thing with a database in the background to be searchable and see some of the stuff that isn't out there. I got kind of an idea in my head after talking to him. But anyways, lots of places you can get a hold of us. Love to hear from you. But uh, for this week, that's it. There ain't no more. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. So for Richie, myself, and everybody else here at Focus on Metal, have yourselves a great metal week. And until we talk to you again next time, as always, remember... Focus on Metal! Everything else is insignificant. You're still here? It's over. Go home.